Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. <laughs> You're not smart enough to be my friend. Fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truthkin Podcast, episode 57. I'm Tim Gaither. That other guy is your other host, Mike Baldwin. And uh, got a lot to talk about, as always. We, we at the Truthkin Podcast, if you're new to it, think that the deep state is real. We think that uh, Donald Trump is the best chance we have. We, we are under the, of the opinion that if he doesn't get elected in 24, um, America is very likely done, or at least not a place that any of us are going to want to live. Um, so, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. As always going on, it's a little overwhelming, but we're going to do our best to, uh, you know, dissect it. So, yep. And just talk about random bullshit that points out the the ideas that we have where it's like, see, like this, like, why would they do this if they weren't trying to destroy our country? And I think it's interesting that, you know, we're not a big podcast, at least not yet. We hope to get there someday, but um you know, they, they're they're censoring everyone. Like, we, we just put up a clip. Um, I forget the executive order number. Um, 13848. 13848. And you can explain to the people better than me, but I would like to make this point real quick. Is it's, it's, it's one of, if not our best clips, as far as, like, this this is a lot of uh, evidence that, that there's something going on here that, that isn't you know, maybe it seems cloak and dagger to a lot of people. And we, we understand that. Um, but you explain what that order is again, uh, to the people who might not know, but this clip is very good. It's a one minute clip and we put it up and I think it's so, so far, probably our least popular one, like as far as people liking it or, or even seeing it, like the last time I checked, there'd been like six views on my page. And I'm like, that's that's not just coincidence. Like, ah, oh, no one gives a shit about that. It's like, well, that's no, not it's true. Like they've got AI that like watches the video first and and listens to the words and sees the the text that's typed on the screen, and they have certain buzzwords that they're like, oh, they said that one word that you're not allowed to say. Like, let's shut her down. Yeah, and, and then they only show it to people who like go out of their way to click on your profile and look at your timeline, you know, but it doesn't just show up organically. But anyway, executive order one, three, eight, four, eight. The title of it is imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a United States election. And like you can see, it's fucking long. There's a whole bunch of shit. But uh, but the point of it is, is like it's an election thing. It's, it's related to f people cheating in the election and Biden has renewed it over and over again. Trump first signed it or wrote it or whatever in 2018 and, and renewed it again in, in 2019. And uh, yeah, I guess he was still in there in 2020. So Trump renewed it again. And then Biden came and renewed it again in 20. 
one and 22 and now we're in september of 23 i wouldn't be surprised if it happens again sometime soon yeah and if they if they keep it it's not good for the democrats especially at least at least in our opinion because they're the ones who have done all the cheating now i guess if you're on the other side um you you would think well he's keeping it in there because trump's gonna cheat um yeah that could be but I don't know. I mean, like Biden went through and canceled almost everything that Trump did during his presidency, everything that Biden had control over, you know, like they had like piles of wall material just stacked up, like waiting to be put together like an erector set. And they were all like in the places where they needed to be. And Biden's just like, yeah, let's just sell that shit. And they're like, what? Shouldn't we make a wall out of it? And they're like, nah. We don't want a fucking wall. And it's clear that they do not want a wall. They don't want to have any reason for people to think like, let's not go to America right now. Let's wait a little while. Like everybody that wants to come here, whether legally or illegally, are saying like, now's our chance, dude. Yeah. And uh, I think it's in Pennsylvania. They just signed something or Barack Obama was talking about it, about how now illegal aliens can just basically get a license um, right off out of the gate. And it's all for election fraud. It's all so they can help steal the election. That's why they're allowing so many illegals to pour across the border. And that's why they don't want that wall. That's to my knowledge already paid for the materials are just sitting there rusting. And I think we talked about it, but I think they, I don't know if we, if we were recording when we talked about this, but they, they basically sold it like for scrap metal, according to uh, someone, Joe Biden, like sold off the parts that were left over that were just sitting there rusting. It was like hundreds of millions worth of dollars worth of shit. And he just sold it for three million. Yep. But uh, who fucking knows? Maybe that's a. Uh... Well, according to the New York Post, Biden quietly sells off border wall parts to thwart GOP push to use them. So I guess you could say his excuse was like, uh, like, no, we we would have, but we don't have the stuff anymore. And they're like, you sold it. And he's like, I don't know anything about that. But <laughs> if there was wall stuff here, we'd put it up, buddy. Believe you me. Yeah, and it, it's it's uh, worth repeating that Trump was never anti-immigrant. He just wanted him to be here legally. And he even said in one thing, he's like, I want, I want immigrants here because we're going to need workers because we're going to be pouring steel again and, and opening up all these factories again in America rather than outsourcing everything we need to other countries. We're going to build it right here. So I want workers here. Um, we're we're going to need those people. But you have to take the proper channels to get into the country. Um, but of course, they've just painted it that he's just this racist piece of shit. And that's why he doesn't want, you know, other people here. And it's like, dude, this entire country is not white. You know, like even the white people aren't white people. We're all we're, we're all mutts. You know, we're all from somewhere. That's what makes America America. Yep, that's true. And like they they paint it in in a way that's like these are like struggling families and stuff just trying to make it, you know, like I guarantee if you're a husband and wife with a kid or two and you show up at a port of entry and you're like, hi, I'd like to enter the United States. They're going to be way more likely to be like, all right, come on. 
than they are if you're 40, 25-year-old single dudes hopping off a bus, you know? And they're like, hi, we're here to, to make it in the United States. And we're like, you don't, you don't have a girlfriend. You're not married. You don't have any kids. You're just by yourself with 39 of your friends. Like, that seems shady to me. They use the phrase military age, but that's really just anything between 18 and, you know, 40 or something. But that's what most of these people are. And it's it. I don't know what's going to happen. I know, like, there's theories out there that, like, they're just putting all of these people in all these different cities and waiting for the the command, you know, like, all right, now's the day like attack. But I don't know. I don't know if any of that's going to happen, but I know that they're not just poor Mexicans. There's like, I don't even know how many countries there are in the world. Close to 200. I think it's less than 200, but I might be wrong. But we've had illegal people come over the border from something like 180 something countries in the last. I don't remember when the guy said the last year or month or whatever. But people just from all over the world are just lining up to illegally cross our border because they know how lax everything is right now. And I was listening to, to quite frankly, and that's a shout out also, cause I get to be on quite frankly in November, but we'll talk about that later. But I was listening to that and he was talking about fuck lost it. <laughs> I got excited <laughs> sidetracked to be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he was saying like people in New York are like, you know, send them to, uh brooklyn and people in brooklyn are like send them to queens and uh and everybody's saying like yeah it's fine that they're here just send them to some other city where we don't have to fucking deal with them and he's like the only answer to this in the end is going to be mass deportation like everybody that's come in illegally in the last couple of years sorry but you gotta go there uh, and i don't know how that's going to work or if it's even going to happen we might just Assuming Trump gets back in office, he might be like, all right, everybody that's here, you made it. Everybody else, turn around and go home. There's a chance that might happen, too. But I don't know. That's what Trump offered originally. If you go back, it's probably hard to find because I'm sure it's been erased from the Internet. But uh, in 2017, like early 2018 or whatever, when Trump was trying to get the funds to build the wall, uh, he was saying man, what is up with my brain today? <laughs> well, I think just a couple days ago, he said that they that there was going to be a, a giant mass deportation. Oh, that's you reminded me. So back when he was trying to get money for the wall, he was like, listen, Congress or whatever, like give me whatever it was, $10 billion, and I will let all of the DACA people, I'll, I'll give them all citizenship. That was one of the offers that he threw out. And they were like, no, you're not building your fucking wall. And all these DACA kids are like, dude, like, I don't like the guy either, but he was about to make me a citizen and you guys just turned it down. But that's probably tough to find on the Internet now. But it did happen. Yeah. Well, that's what they always do. And, you know, no matter how how good of a thing um, he proposes, you know, even, no matter if it helps the people that they claim he's racist against, they're just like, nope, sorry, fuck you. And then he's, they're like, well, I, I, this, this helps me too. Can we do it? Nope. It makes him look good. So nope. 
Yeah, like I remember <laughs> right after he got elected, or uh, I don't know how many months it was after he became president from then until when they signed the tax thing, when that finally went through. But like the day after he signed that, all of these companies were giving like $1,000 bonuses, like extra vacation, like all of this stuff to their employees because they knew immediately. Like last year we were paying... 30 something percent this year we're paying 17 percent like we're gonna make a billion extra dollars so let's divvy it up give some of it to our employees and stuff and i remember comcast was one of them i want to say verizon was another one but there were like at least dozens of different companies that gave bonuses to their employees and their managers and that kind of stuff because of the tax cuts but nobody really took cares about that either well it also reminds me of uh like school choice you know that he wanted to you know because there's there's a lot of inner city kids that are really smart and and uh need better schools to go to and trump's like hey if you can get your kid to a better school you're welcome to put them there and and uh and and that should be a that should be an option you shouldn't have to live in the district or whatever in order to go to a decent school and that never really got any legs. And you think if these, if the Democrats and all that really gave a shit about kids and their education, they would have been all over that one. Like, yeah, we agree with that one. I mean, they they just won't agree with him on anything. Um, is it because anything that puts him in a positive light, they're they're they just don't make sure nobody sees it. Yeah, they can't can't have it. Um, I wrote the the acronym uh, or the. Eh. I wrote New World Order here that Trump was talking in front of, but that's not what it's called. What is the thing called that he was speaking in front of in that video? I don't know. I don't remember either, but it's this thing. You want to watch it real quick? Yes. Oh, God damn it. Hold on. Is this the one where he gets emotional? Uh, Is this the speech anyway? I think so. Hold on. I spoke at this forum two years ago. I told you that we had launched the great American comeback. America is thriving. America is flourishing. And yes, America. World Economic Forum. That's what I was trying to think of. Anyway. America is winning again like never before. Every decision we make on taxes, trade, regulation, energy, immigration, education, and more is focused on improving the lives of everyday Americans. For three years now, America has shown the world that the path to a prosperous future begins with putting workers first, choosing growth, and freeing entrepreneurs to bring their dreams to life. A pro-worker, pro-citizen, pro-family agenda demonstrates how a nation can thrive when its communities, its companies, its government, and its people work together for the good of the whole nation. Together, we will make our nations stronger, our countries safer, our culture richer, our people freer, and the world more beautiful than ever before. Dude, was that, that emotional? Guy, no, that wasn't emotional. But there was some speech he did a couple days ago where he had to like kind of collect himself. It's not like he started crying or anything, but he definitely had to be, you know, because he gets fired up about this stuff. And the closer we get to to this, you know, election, um, the more serious it gets. You know, like sometimes I just I'm like I get. I get tired of it. And I was listening to somebody today and they were like, you know, you can't quit. You can't, you can't quit. Just like in the, 
revolutionary war. That's we're in a we're in a war right now of sorts, and it's an information war. And you can't you can't quit. You can't quit doing your small part um, to 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 do this to to get us where we need to be. Um, even though it, it gets frustrating sometimes, you know, you think you're making like progress with people, and then you see some dumbass, but they're just trolls, and they're that's part of their their role in this is to just. Uh, disenfranchise people i don't know if that's the word yeah but i understand what you mean i got a i posted a thing the other day where uh uh, it was a stand-up comedy thing and in the middle of it i was like uh uh 2023 is gonna be a good year because that's probably the year that trump will become president again and the nebraska crowd was like "Woo!" and uh like the point i was making was like Biden didn't really win, and we'll find that out in 2023, and then they'll make Trump president again. And I got a comment on my YouTube. The dude deleted it, actually, but I've still got it. I screenshotted that shit. But he was just like, what a dumb Trump bumpkin thing to think that elections are held in in odd-numbered years or something like that. And I was just like, dude, you don't even, you don't even know. yeah yeah that's uh it's hard not to get upset with those people sometimes but and i'm the king of it i'm the king of getting pissed off at those people but um and i'm trying i'm trying not to yeah but it's hard sometimes um since we're just on trump let's just do all the trump stuff this just uh the title of this was new trump ad um and this is him talking about all of the people that are uh charging him with shit what and before you play it i was just gonna say that the reason it's so hard to not get mad at those people is because i feel like they are a huge part of why this is so difficult you know like like they 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 think they're being whatever progressive or whatever and all they're doing is hurting us you know as a country they're 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 just fucking everything up for everyone you know um they're, yeah. they're, so it's very frustrating when you're like, no, just stop getting in the way. And they're like, no, I want to get in the way because I'm doing good. No, you're not. You're an idiot. But it's because they're all propagandized. They're brainwashed, you know, either that or we are. And they're like smart and educated. But like there's just been too many examples of things that the news has lied about that like big pharma lied about. It's funny that Trump is the one that like made the vaccine, basically. And it's all the Trump supporters that are like, I ain't taking that shit. And people are like, what, you don't trust your daddy? And it's like, no, I don't trust the whole system that makes all this shit. Like, I don't know why you guys do all of a sudden, especially because it's the guy you hate the most that made the thing. And yet you still are like. No, he's lying about everything. Big Pharma has lied to us for a hundred years now, but this now is true. And you better just go get vaccinated. I saw a guy the other day that was like, will somebody bring me a COVID test? Uh, Because I don't want to get out and uh, like be around people or anything. And I commented and I was just like, what are you going to do different if it's positive versus if it's negative? 
like nothing. You're going to stay at home. You're going to feel like shit for a couple days. And then in a couple days, you're going to be like, boy, I feel a lot better today. And that's the end of it. Like, what if it's negative and but you still feel sick? Are you just going to freely go out in public and cough on people and shit and be like, it's fine. It's not covid like it doesn't matter unless you're 90 years old and you catch it then maybe you want to take some precautions or whatever. But even then, like people are scared because they're 30 pounds overweight and they're like, fat is one of the biggest killers for from COVID. And it's like, no, like 500 pound dudes that got COVID are the ones that died. Not like six foot tall, 225 pound guys like our president. Yeah. Uh, did he Former respond to president. did he did he respond to you? No, somebody else was just like sometimes people just want to know what they have. It's like getting a flu test or a strep throat test or something. And I wanted to type paragraphs of shit and be like, nobody has the flu and thinks like maybe it's strep throat. Like <laughs> those are different diseases. But it's funny because there's no other than the losing your smell thing. COVID doesn't have a single symptom. That isn't also a symptom of other things. It's yeah. like, oh, I got the sniffles and, and my head hurts. And it's like, well, that's COVID right there. And you're like, well, my COVID test came back negative. And they're like, well, it could be any number of other things. And you're like, well, then why didn't you say that in the beginning? Why is it definitely COVID first? Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I'm getting ready to fly tomorrow, and I think they. Sorry, I think I think they. I think they're bringing back the mask slowly but surely. Um, Do not comply, dude. Yeah, well, I'm. Uh, You're like I have to, or I won't get the thing that I want. That's what sucks, man. You gotta, you gotta sacrifice, and then call the club and be like, "Hey, man, I would be there, but I'm not a fucking sheep." <laughs> Don't say that, but like. I mean, it's if if you get enough people on an airplane to be like, yeah, it's fucking dumb and it's bullshit. All it takes is a few people to have them be like, all right, you know what? Just fuck the mask thing, whatever. Yeah. And because none of the airlines have made him like a mandate yet. And the first one that officially does, I think we should boycott them. And that will show the other airline companies like, dude, let's just fucking they don't work anyway. Like, let's not make people do them. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> but it's yeah. your, may, it might be your opportunity tomorrow to just be like, I'm not show me something that says that it works and I'll wear it. Yeah, well, I could drive to Arizona if I had to, but I don't want to. Yeah. What so. is that like six hours? Yeah, it's about six hours, but um, if they don't, if they kick me off the plane, then I would barely make it. But anyway, I'll worry about that tomorrow if I have to. But yep, let's play that video. Oh, the one that I had ready. That's yeah, no it was longer like, ready. It was All not right. even. Uh, yeah, here. Far will the most corrupt president in history go to keep Republicans from winning back the White House? Meet the cast of unscrupulous accomplices he's assembled to get Trump. Alvin Bragg, the radical liberal New York prosecutor who refuses to prosecute violent criminals. Jack Smith, who's made a career persecuting innocent Republican officials. Letitia James, the socialist who ran on the promise, I'll go after Trump. And Biden's newest lackey, Atlanta DA, Fonnie Willis. So incompetent, on her watch, violent crimes have exploded. So tainted, Willis was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent. 
so corrupt. Willis got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting. So dishonest, Willis was accused of creating a fake subpoena. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> wow, Fanny was having, a, having an affair with a gang member? I don't know. I've heard that said, but I don't know the full story behind it. I'm sure she has a perfectly logical excuse, but yeah. Yeah, I think Fanny's attracted to danger. She probably likes Trump secretly. Yeah. But see, yeah. and that's one thing that I'm not sure of now is like, it would be funny if five years from now, all of those people in that commercial were all like standing next to Trump and he's just like, we got him. Like, we fucking fooled everybody, right, you guys? And they're high-fiving and shit. Like, I don't know who's... Every time I see a different character introduced, I'm like, are they are they on Team America? Are they patriots? Or are they part of the deep state? That's really the only two... I guess the third thing would be just oblivious people, but there's there's the bad guys, there's what I believe to be the good guys, and then there's just people in the middle just going, I don't know, man. I just I heard he's a racist piece of shit, so I hate him. That that's what scares me the most are the oblivious people, the the people that I feel would would vote for Michelle Obama if given the opportunity, just because they're like, well, she's not Trump, and there was no real problems when Obama was president. I mean, because they don't know, they don't know the truth. They don't know that you know. That's the only thing I disagree with on that commercial is that. I don't think Biden's the most corrupt. I think he's just the most easily um, they can just tell him what to do. I think Biden, I think Joe, oh, I think Obama, good Lord, was the most corrupt personally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because I don't know the truth about any of them going back my entire lifetime and years before that, you know, like some of them were probably terrible human beings that we just don't know those stories yet you know yeah I, I think michelle obama hates all this stuff i think she hates politics i mean other than being the first lady she probably dug that but i think she probably hates all this i would love to be a fly on the wall in the obama house for him being like baby you got to do this or i'm <laughs> i'm gonna get my head cut off and she's just like I don't want to do it. Figure out, exhaust every possible resource before we have to do this. I do not want to be the freaking president. They're going to find out I have a dick. And, <laughs> and even if they don't, they're going to talk about it my entire presidency, how I have a dick. I so. think that would be that would be a bold thing for Michelle Obama to do, to just be like, all right, fine. You fucking don't believe me? Like, just on video, just take all of her clothes off. No dick. Are you happy? Yeah. And then and then it still wouldn't stop the argument. People, it's like Ace Ventura, you know, that kind of surgery can be done over the weekend. <laughs> that was a great movie that could probably never be made today. I just watched it again for the first time in years, uh, just a few days ago. And yeah, there's several like what would be considered transphobic nowadays, but it's also just cheesy, silly humor, you know? Yeah. But yeah. a lot of good lines, a lot of quotable scenes and all that stuff. Yeah, they don't make funny movies. And the, the, the other day, my wife was like, I want to go see something funny. And I was like, yeah, they don't they don't make those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched a thing the other day about how nowadays they basically only make like 
like multi-million dollar blockbuster movies or like indie art house movies. And they went through a bunch of examples of like, uh, I think Lethal Weapon was one of them, like Groundhog Day, like stuff like that, where it's just like, look, we're going to spend a million dollars. Like we're going to maybe hire one or two good actors, but the movie is good. Like no special effects, nothing crazy, just a good old movie with people that you've heard of before. And now it's like, yeah, they don't do that as much. Or if they do, then it's released on Hulu or something, you know, and you're like, well, how good could it be if it's just on Hulu? Yeah. Yeah. I miss the old days when you could like get, get psyched up for a movie on Friday night, you know, when you're a kid, like, Oh, on HBO Saturday, 7 PM. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm actually, it's been a long time, but, uh, there's a new Saul movie coming out and I hadn't even heard of it or anything. And I, there was an ad for it on Twitter and I forget what the original ad was, but it was like, like this to uh, get your own saw experience or something like that. And so I, I liked it and then immediately got a notification that saw had sent me uh, a tweet or whatever. And it was like uh, the first like a 10 second trailer. And then I liked that and they sent me another one. It was actually a pretty neat marketing thing that they did, but but it makes me want to like I liked the I liked all the Saul movies. I like fucked up things like that. I don't want to see it really happen to anybody in real life the way I assume a lot of these politicians and and rich fucks probably do. They're like, I want you to remake the Saul movie with all these kids that we just got. And I'd be like, oh, God, I'm going home. But anyway, there's a, a in the trailer, there's a scene where a dude has like wires attached to his hand. And uh, then he has like these big tubes on his eyes that like go to something off in the distance. And he's got this little dial in his other hand. And every time he turns the dial, the one of these wires like bends his finger back and like breaks his finger. And he has to click it all five times before the timer runs out or this eyeball tube thing is going to like suck his eyeballs out. It's cheesy, stupid shit, but I'm just like, what's going to happen? Like, (laughs) I want to see if he gets out with all his fingers intact or whatever. But anyway, I don't know what the point of any of that was. Oh yeah. There's not any good movies. (laughs) And that point still stands. Yeah. Amen. Um, Let's do one more Trump video and then we can talk about things besides him. If you'd like, this is uh, back in in the uh, debates against Hillary Clinton when Anderson Cooper asked him like, so are you really like not paying your taxes and stuff? Oh, this is a great $916 million laws to avoid paying personal federal income taxes. Of course I do. Of course I do. And so do all of her donors or most of her donors. I know many of her donors. I absolutely used it. And so did Warren Buffett. And so did George Soros. And so did many of the other people that Hillary is uh, getting money from. Now, if she had a problem, for 30 years she's been doing this, Anderson. I say it all the time. She talks about health care. Why didn't she do something about it? She talks about taxes. Why didn't she do something about it? She complains that Donald Trump took advantage of the tax code. Well. Why didn't she change it? Why didn't you change it when you were a senator? The reason you didn't is that all your friends take the same advantage that I do. But you wouldn't change it because all of these people give you the money. She doesn't do anything about anything other than talk. She has made bad judgment not only on taxes, she's made bad judgments on Libya, on Syria, on Iraq. 
I mean, her and Obama, whether you like it or not, the way they got out of Iraq, the vacuum they've left, that's why ISIS formed in the first place. They started from that little area, and now they're in 32 different nations, Hillary. Congratulations. Great job. Is she able to respond, Secretary Clinton? I wish we had a response. Do you remember what it was? No, I'm sure that it was like, well, I'm sure that he thinks that what he's saying is right, but he's a racist, terrible human being. Yeah. Um, it, it reminded me of when he was talking about all the things that she could have done over the last 30 years. Um, just like the Democrats could have codified Roe versus Wade if that's what they wanted to do, if they really gave that much of a shit about abortion. The reason yeah. they kept, kept it around forever is because it, it was something they could use uh, as a political thing. That's all they care. They don't care yeah. about. They don't care about anyone on any level. It's all bullshit, and that's not just uh, Democrats, but it's mainly Democrats, especially nowadays. Well, I mean, a lot of the there's there's not a majority in any part of the government that are actual like patriots. You know, a lot of the that's why the word rhino exists, but the word dino does not. There's no Democrats that are actually secretly Republicans, but there's a ton of Republicans that actually do Democrat type shit. They vote with the Democrats on all of these terrible ideas, but it's the same. The cancer is a good example. Cancer and homelessness are comparable in that they could probably fix it if they actually wanted to fix the problem. But instead, they know they get way more money every year being like, we're working on it, boss. Like, we're trying as hard as we can. Just this year, I think we're, we're really going to make it. So we're just going to need 10% more than we got last year. And that should do the trick. But it's just they just want they want the problem to persist. The same with abortion, like you just said, like they want this argument to exist. I don't know. They have to use it for a political talking point, just like racism or anything else. Well, there are things that could um, drastically improve the lives of inner city black kids. It, it common, there's a lot of things, school choice being one of them and and uh, fixing a lot of things about the welfare system and all kinds of things if they truly cared about them. But they don't because it's a political talking point for them and they can act like it's because of all, all because of racism, which it's just not true. If you look at facts, it's not, um, I mean, I'm not saying there's no racism in the world, but that's just another one of those things. Um, I and, bet there's less racism in America than there are in a lot of other countries. Oh, absolutely. Um, something, Oh, you, something, you brought up something about dinos. Uh, Derek Johnson's always talking about dinos, Democrats and name only. And I think what he's talking about are these like new, so-called Democrats, because there was this great article. I, I sh wish I would have brought my copy of the Epic Times in here um, that I still get every week. And there was an article in there about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about how he wants his party back. You know, he wants the old Democrat party back. Um, the one that did like care about the rights of the people and all that. This other, these new people, AOC and all these Chuck Schumer and all these scumbags, they're the ones just pushing their their insane political agenda. It's got nothing to do with like helping people. And I do think Democrats of old cared more about helping the common man, not to say that Demo Republicans didn't or whatever, but um, I think Republicans may have cared more about the money side of it. And the old Democrats may have cared more about the people side of it. 
But they've gotten so far away from that to now, now they just use those points to push through whatever crazy thing they're, they're going for. And it's, it's not even them again. They're all just, they're all just puppets. Um, but I think that's, I, I think if there was any justice in our election systems, I do think RFK would be the guy. I really do. I mean, yeah. If it I don't was know, really like who the people want. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want Biden. Democrats don't want Biden and they don't want to, progressives are not, they're not in the majority. I don't think at all because most of this progressive stuff is just batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we we both kind of see it. You know, we do comedy in front of generic groups of people and we do these anti-Biden, pro-Trump, I'm not going to wear a mask type fucking jokes. And I hardly ever are people like, boo. Like, if anything, people are walking out that if I just looked at them, I would be like, well, that person's going to hate me. And they'll be like, I love what you said about, you know, the mass or about Biden or whatever. Like, I think there's more people that agree with us, even if we're wrong about 75 percent of the of the specifics that we talk about. I think our overall idea is correct that that we're being screwed in every fucking direction. And of all people, Donald Trump is the one who wants it to stop more than anybody else that has the power to do anything about it. Yeah. And lately I've been having more and more uh, people come up to me that I wouldn't think would come up to me. Like gay people have always liked my jokes. Um, but I had a trans kid come up to me the other day. I'm pretty sure he was trans. There was something off about him, but <laughs> <laughs> but he um, he was like, how can I follow you on YouTube and this and that? I mean, you know, he was kind of shy, like his mom had to pretty much talk for him because I think a lot of kids that are that way these days. But um, but he, you know, I, I run into more and more people like that all the time. So I, I think you're right. I, I, I It's been a long time since someone has flat out come up to me and said like, Actually, I can't really think of any time that someone's come up to me after a show and told me that what I was saying was wrong or that I was an asshole or, or any of that. I've heard it a few times, but it's never been political. It's always been for some random thing. I was doing a Star Wars joke the other day, and I was like, they kept his name as Skywalker? Like, the other guy's name Skywalker. They wouldn't change it to Smith or something? And some dude in the audience was like, whoa, easy on the Smiths, buddy. And I was just like, I wanted to just be like, like, <laughs> I, I hate you, dude. Like, you, why do you pick such a dumb thing to get offended about? But I also had a lady once come up to me after the show. I, I do like drunk driving jokes because I'm a former, I guess I'm a present alcoholic, but I haven't drank in eight years. So I talk about the dumb shit I did when I drank. And she was like, you shouldn't joke about those things. Like, I lost my daughter in a drunk driving accident. And, I was just like, sorry, but I don't, you know, it's my thing. It's my story. I'm not shitting on your daughter. I don't know. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, and I still don't know if I was an, I don't, I don't know if by definition I was an alcoholic, but I, I have a drink in maybe 13 years in March and I'm never going back to it. I'm, it's not worth the risk for me to find out, you know, like, eh, could, yeah. I, could I have a drink? No. No, I've, I've I talked about that. It's I never went to like AA for a long time or anything, but I ended up in therapy 
in like a group therapy thing. And we would talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Like I bet I could go get drunk 30 times and all of them would be enjoyable and fine. But each one, I just get one step closer to doing the dumb shit that I did before. But the first, like if after eight years, if I went and drank tonight, I would be like, all right, uh, you're driving. Like, I'm not going to drive, so I don't got to worry about that. I only have this much money, so I'm only going to have this many drinks. I would plan it all out, you know, and then I would get home and I would be like, that's how I should drink. If I'm going to drink, I should plan it out like that every night. But then the one day that you're just like, ah, fuck it, and you just guzzle vodka, then that's when I would do stupid shit. And it's not worth it to me to get closer to that inevitability, you know? That's something that I used to tell myself uh, before I quit was because I used to drink and drive all the time. And I used to tell myself, like, I know I've gotten away with it all these times, but it only takes once to kill myself or to kill someone else or even as small as getting a DUI. But it only takes one time. You know, Um, that was something that helped me, like, get to that point. Yeah, well, and it sucks because some of my best uh, I shouldn't drink stories are kind of funny. So like when I tell those to a group that I'm like trying to convince that I'm not a piece of shit, you know, that I'm like want to better my life. They're like, that's hilarious, dude. And I'm like, I don't want it to be hilarious. I want you to be like, God, how could you do that? (laughs) But Yeah, like, uh, since I'm thinking about it, I was driving once, completely trashed, and uh, I guess I'll tell the end of the story first. There was a giant machine. I don't know what it was. Something they used to build shit on the road, but it was probably the size of a small house. It was, like, ten times the size of my car. Like, all metal, solid. Like, had I hit it, I would have absolutely been dead. And they had not like regular cones, but like those tall, skinny cones, you know, that like easily flop over. And I'm just driving. I'm like kind of looking at the floor or doing whatever I'm doing. And I just hear thump, thump, thump. And I kind of look up and I see that I'm just running over these things one after another. And I hit like three more. And then finally was like, oh, God, I should stop. And I just slammed on the brakes and I stopped like this far from this giant machine that I would have just plowed right into had i not i don't know so yeah that was one and then the other one the one that everybody laughed at i was with austin williams and we were leaving uh a comedy club uh the improv up in uh zona rosa which is like fancy part of kansas city and uh there was like a taxi cab or something that stopped to let people out or pick people up or something and austin was already like are you sure you should drive and i was like i'm fine and uh so I this I have to stop in the middle of the road because there's this taxi stopped in front of me. So I just slam on my horn and I go to like jerk around him and then weave back into the lane. But I didn't realize there was like a, a concrete island in the middle of the road that was like this tall. And I just drove my van up on this thing and then like bounced myself back down. And the whole time with my hand on the horn and everybody's just looking at me like, what in the hell is this idiot's problem? Anyway, it's not uh, that funny now, but yeah, I, I went down the wrong uh, in Kansas City one night um, and I wasn't even very drunk. I just was just drunk enough. Um, and I don't even know if it was my car yet. I think I was like getting one of those overnight test drives. 
So this was in like 2008 and maybe I just bought the car. Anyway, I went down, um, you know, you can get on the highway going off like 75th and Metcalf or something. I don't, I don't remember now, but I went down the wrong side of the highway and I was just like, quickly was like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm going down the wrong side. It was pretty late, so no cars were coming, but I would have been dead, dude. Uh, yeah, that, That's not as bad as yours, though. I mean, looking up and stopping right in front of that concrete thing or whatever. Oh, yeah. Dead. And luckily, nobody was around to see it or anything, so I didn't get in any trouble. Um, it's just another one of those nights where I like... There was another night that I, uh, I'll tell the end of the story again. My dad had to bring me back to my vehicle the next morning because I told him I drove it off the road somehow. And I don't know, it was raining or something the night before. But when we got to where my car was, it plainly looked like I, like I was driving down the road. I came to a complete stop. I turned my wheel 90 degrees and I just drove myself into this ditch and just got out and walked home and my dad was like this was an accident and i was like yeah like i don't it was crazy and he was like there's no skid marks there's no the grass isn't messed up like it looks like you parked here and i was like i didn't park here i'm still hung over and shit yeah it was stupid but there's three reasons why i just choose not to drink anymore yeah yeah, we could talk. We should do a podcast just on uh, old drunk shit. That's what I was going to say. Check out the truth again for all of your news and drunk stories. Yeah, I've got a lot of them. I remember being in high school. I'll tell this is really fast, but I got I woke up and uh, I went to school on Monday and I asked my buddy Jared. I was like, man, how did we get home on Friday or whatever? And he goes, you drove, man. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I guess he looked over at one point and I was just like, had my eyes closed and used like my two fingers to drive my giant ass truck. I was uh, like, fucking stupid. But, all right. Let's let's plow some videos out here. You want to? Yeah. All right. I'm trying to think which we were talking about stuff being bullshit. This was a Dana White thing that I saw the other day. I chopped it down to its most important part. Never talked to a doctor about my general health ever again. If I break my arm, I'm gonna go see a doctor. Right. If I need surgery, I'm gonna go see a doctor. My general health, never again. None of them know what they're talking about. They're all full of shit. All they know is to put you on pills mm -hmm. and put you on medicine. That's all they know. That was like a five minute interview. And so he'd said everything that he just said in that 20 seconds, but longer and drawn out, but he they showed old pictures of him. He just looked like a fat piece of shit. And and he started a workout thing with some dude whose name I don't remember. And like three months later, he's just six pack ripped, like happier, all of that stuff. So I thought that was cool. And then that sort dude, of dude, I, I just want to say I agree with that 100 percent, though. And, and COVID really opened my eyes to that shit. Yeah. Um, you know, telling you to take the vaccine and all that without having any idea what it did to you. Uh, there was a, that one doctor told me I should get on it. And then I told him why I didn't want to. And he goes, all right, well, it's up to you. And and I guess I am only telling you that because they told me to tell you that. I mean, he admitted that mm -hmm. and he's fat as hell. And uh, but all these doctors are they're, they're pill pushers and they're body mechanics. They're like, I've seen this and it's probably this. But to make sure I'm going to write you a prescription to go see this this specialist who actually knows what the hell he's talking about. Cause I'm just the middleman. You know, that's all most doctors are is middlemen. Yep. 
And and every injury I got in wrestling, and every every time someone gets injured, they're always like, "Well, your season's probably over." And if you go to like a, a doctor that specializes in it, they're like, "No, we can tape that up, and you'll be fine." A general doctor is just like, "You should never do it again. You should just quit." Well, I'm you seventeen. Just quit. Yeah, you're. I'm seventeen, and I'm undefeated. Well, I don't know. I don't care about any of that. I just don't want to get sued. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, do you want to hear Rand Paul talk about Ukraine or do you want to watch this, uh, Ben Swan guy talk about Pizzagate? Uh, I want to hear both of them, but it's just a matter of which one you want to do first. Let's do, uh, Rand Paul first. This is him the other day talking about like, I ain't signing a thing that's going to give more money to Ukraine. Like what in the hell are we doing? Except he doesn't say those things, but not consent to any expedited passage of any spending bill that provides any more American aid to Ukraine. It's as if no one has noticed that we have no extra money to send to Ukraine. Our deficit this year will exceed $1.5 trillion. Borrowing money from China to send it to Ukraine makes no sense. It's not as if we have some sort of rainy day fund sitting around trillions of dollars at a pot of money and we're just going to send that to Ukraine. We're going to borrow it. When we borrow it and create new money to pay for that borrowing, we create the inflation that is plaguing our economy. Since the beginning of Russia's war in Ukraine, the American taxpayers provided Ukraine with $113 billion. Over the 583 days of war, between February 24, 2022 and the end of the month, that averages $6.8 billion per month or $223 million per day. There's a lot of things that we need to fix in our country before we borrow money to try to perpetuate a war in another country. When will the aid requests end? When will the war end? Can someone explain what victory in Ukraine looks like? President Biden certainly can't. His administration has failed to articulate a clear strategy or objective in this war, and Ukraine's long-awaited counteroffensive has failed to make meaningful gains in the East. With no clear end in sight, it looks increasingly like Ukraine will be yet another endless quagmire funded by the American taxpayer. I like, right. Rand, I like Rand Paul. I do too. And he's because he's one of the logical ones. He's that's why that's what I consider a patriot. Somebody who I can tell is just seeing what's going on, seeing through the bullshit and calling it out. And he does a great job of that. And he did the same during COVID and stuff. Like he was one of the first guys to be like, you were doing gain of function, Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, and now it's pretty clear, like, no, they were doing gain of function. And now we're finding out, like, there's all these labs all over the world. And most of them are run by America. So, uh, yeah. Knows? And Jim Jordan is also a patriot. And he's another guy that they accused of, like, molesting college wrestlers, which I, I, <laughs> I just do not believe that for one second. No, uh, which, but, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that reminds me of Russell Brand and Clarence Thomas and Matt right. Gates and and, that, and now I'm going to play this Nancy Pelosi video of her talking about what they call the wrap up smear which is 
the thing, the first thing doesn't have to be true. I just accuse you of something. And then the Washington Post writes an article about how I accused you of that thing. So now every other politician and newspaper can be like, well, the Washington Post reported that uh, you did this thing. And so then they everybody talks about how it's a fact now when it was never a fact in the beginning. I guess I don't have to play her saying it. I basically just said it. But well, like, it's it's they it's don't want them to see that contrast, so they focus on something else, and it's a diversionary tactic. It's a self fulfilling problem. You demonize, and then you it, we call it the wrap up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it, and then you write it, and they'll say, "See, it's reported in the press." that this, 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 and this, so they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. God, she's a vile bitch. She just, she just explained exactly what they've done to, what they did to Trump for, for uh, his entire presidency. Every right. day they came up with a different thing like that. I think that quote was actually from before Trump. Even she looks a lot younger there. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, she was accusing the other side of doing it. But that's the point is that that's uh, the way things are done. And it just did, have you heard anything? I just thought of this and I don't have any video of it. But did you see the Tucker interview with uh, what's his name? Ken Paxton, the attorney general from Texas. No. Have you heard anything about the guy in the last week or so? No. They tried to impeach him. They had like 18 counts against him saying that he was like wheeling and dealing under the table or like doing favors for donors or something like that. He got off on all 18 of them or 16 or whatever it was. All of them ended up not happening. But for the last like few months, he couldn't do anything because he was under impeachment. They had a whole big trial and everything. And, uh, one of the first things that I heard about it, I mean, I heard that he was getting impeached or whatever, but I saw a clip from it. And uh, one of the first guys that started it was like, no, we just went to the FBI because we suspected that that he was doing this stuff. And the guy was like, did you have any evidence that he was doing this stuff? And the guy was like, no, we just thought that he was, you know, and they were like, so you just went to the FBI with like a hunch. And then the FBI looked into it and he was like, yeah. And so, I mean, it came out it, throughout the trial, like this dude didn't do anything wrong. And you guys made up all this bullshit just to keep me from doing my job as attorney general of like going after people that cheated on the election or going after people that, you know, broke other laws or whatever. Yeah. And that's why that, you know, that thing Pelosi was talking about is so effective because by the time they've come out, by the time they come out and say, Oh, that that wasn't true. It's the damage is already done. People already think it's true, just like all the people who think all the things they think about Trump concerning most things. Yeah, it's like I forget who said it, but they said the process is the punishment. It's like, oh, you're you're going to end up getting pardoned for January 6th stuff. So it's you're free and clear. No big deal. And it's like, yeah, but I've spent four years in solitary confinement, like shitting on myself and not speaking to a person like that is the punishment. And they're like, hey, we'll let you out as soon as we determine your innocence. 
And it's yeah. like, is that how our government and our country is supposed to work? Like you're guilty until you can prove that you're not. That's kind yeah. of scary. I just saw a, a Rasmussen poll that came out the other day. They're like a big poll company or whatever. And uh, it said something like 70 something percent of Americans think that America is turning into a police state. Even Democrats, like 60 something percent of Democrats think that also, which is like the, you know, the country like looking into our private lives, like deciding where we can and can't go, arresting innocent people with no charges like that kind of shit. And it's happening, man. Yeah, do we have the the? I know you want to play another one that I want to see also, but do we have that video of the of? Uh, gosh dang it, I can't think of who it was now talking about. Oh, Jordan Peterson talking about what they do in China. Oh no, I okay. You texted that one to me. I forgot to get that one. It's okay. I can I can summarize it in thirty seconds. The gist of it is like if you jaywalk in China, they've got so many cameras and everything, and and the. Uh, the gist of it is that they can take a fine out of your bank account without any kind of trial or anything else. And, and, and uh, that's kind of what we're slowly going towards in America. And most people aren't privy to that, but that's, that's what we're heading towards and what it could, could be within five or 10 years. If, if that, if, if, if we continue down this particular road, yeah, and it could go really, really far, and it might not go very far very fast, you know, but eventually it's going to get to the point where you're walking down the street and somebody's like, good morning, and you're like, and they're like, you didn't say good morning. Like, you can't ride the bus today or you your bank account shut off or whatever. Like, we're a polite society, and you have to say good morning to people if they say it to you something like that like it's it's a slippery slope as they say but that's how everything starts that's why i was listening to uh uh, quite frankly again talk about elon musk's uh, Neuralink thing and he was like i mean the idea is cool like there's two parts to Neuralink. one is taking a paralyzed guy and letting him walk again or taking a blind guy and letting him see like that shit is cool but then the other part that elon talked about was uh, leveling the playing field between the human brain and artificial intelligence. And he's like, because right now, artificial intelligence can think of things a billion trillion times faster than a human can. And I want to, with Neuralink, you're going to be able to think as fast as this computer can. And I'm like, ah, like that would be a neat to do or whatever. But eventually that just leads to, if this thing is helping you think faster, the odds that it can read what you're thinking are pretty good. So 10 years after that, everybody's got their Neuralink plugged in. There's got to be a database somewhere, supercomputer shit, that's just reading everybody's thoughts. And then it's like, sorry, we're, we're shutting you down because you just thought the wrong thing. And it's uh, that's the dystopian sort of future that, that everybody fears, you know? God, I pray they can never read my thoughts. I know. Well, that's like uh, in the uh, the newest Ant-Man movie. Have you seen that? No. It doesn't matter, but there's one guy in it, same dude that played Cheaty in The Good Place, but that doesn't matter. But he can read thoughts, and uh, so it's Paul Rudd and his daughter or whatever, and they're standing there, and 
and he's like uh you know my name's ant-man whatever the fuck his real name is i can't think scott something and uh the guy's like he's telling the truth and he's like oh you can read my mind and he's like what am i thinking right now and he's like please stop thinking that and he's like no i'm not trying to think that like i'm now what am i thinking about and he's just like everybody's gross everybody in the whole world is just disgusting and then he like thinks of something else and he's like my god do you have to like <laughs> right now <laughs> like that but that's how that's kind of the beauty of it is that if all of us get our thoughts read then they're going to find that all of us are all fucked up so they yeah. can't throw us all in jail for thinking weird shit Anyway, now we're just rambling. What was Paul, the- Paul Rudd went to my high school, by the way, him and Jason Sudeikis. I'm like, I'm like not even the most famous guy in my freaking high school. You will be <laughs> someday. Uh, All right. So you want to watch this Pizzagate thing or you want to save it for next week? Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I want to watch it, but maybe we should save it. Because we still haven't done a Pizzagate episode, which it's is about six minutes long. Well, this is a really good intro into it if you want to. Okay, well then that's what we will be talking about next week is uh, Pizzagate in detail. And we're sorry if anybody who's watched the last few weeks and thought, I thought you dicks were going to talk about Pizzagate. We, we get distracted sometimes. and We get other- distracted a lot. But <laughs> So do you want to play it today or you want to wait and save it all for next week? Uh, well, there'll be other Pizzagate videos, right? I mean, now I want to watch the damn thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the original one that I saw. This is a news guy breaking everything down. And he says multiple times through this, like, now I'm not saying like none of this is evidence of anything, but isn't it interesting that the police or the whatever FBI are just blowing this off saying it, none of it matters. It's all a conspiracy theory. So this is all true some of it matters some of it doesn't uh and we'll basically uh end the show on this okay it became a major story weeks ago when an armed man decided to investigate a dc area pizza place for himself this man right here he carried a rifle into a pizza parlor and then fired it at the floor media is telling you the entire story is a hoax or fake news but what does that even mean I spent the last month investigating. So what exactly is Pizzagate? And are there any actual facts to support the story? I've got to warn you, what we're going to talk about tonight will be disturbing to some people. But this is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. Pizzagate actually comes from the WikiLeaks release of hacked emails from Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. In all, WikiLeaks dumped around 50,000 email messages and it was from those emails that the claims that John Podesta may be part of a child sex trafficking ring come from. Now, to be clear, not one single email in the Podesta emails discusses child sex trafficking or pedophilia. That is a fact. But there are dozens of what seem to be strangely worded emails dealing with pizza and handkerchiefs. Self-described online investigators say that those words in the emails about pizza and the talk of handkerchiefs is code language used by pedophiles. So how did a DC pizza parlor get pulled into the story? Well, again, read any mainstream report and they indicate that Comet Ping Pong Pizza was somehow linked to this fake story and has no relation to anyone involved. But the truth is that's not true either. What media is ignoring is that the Comet Ping Pong Pizza place is actually referenced in the Podesta emails at least a dozen or so times. And that the owner of that place, James Alphantis, 
is a friend of John Podesta. He was actually named, this is kind of strange, by GQ magazine as one of the top 50 most powerful people in Washington. Yes, we're talking about a pizza parlor owner. Now let's talk facts here. There is no solid evidence that Comet Ping Pong Pizza is being used to run a child sex trafficking ring. But there are some very strange connections between Comet Ping Pong Pizza and a second pizza place two doors over, Besta Pizza, and the accusations of pedophilia. Now this is where things start to get strange when you research this story. Now to begin, I need to show you a 2007 unclassified FBI document. That document, according to the FBI, contains commonly used symbols by pedophiles to express their preference in children. I want you to see these images here. These are the images. Notice this one on the end, the triangle. That image signifies something called boy love. The pizza place next door to Comet Ping Pong Pizza, Besta Pizza, well this was their logo until only a few weeks ago. Clearly you can see that the Besta logo actually contains the same image, I'm going to show you again, as that boy lover image. Interestingly, after Pizzagate investigators pointed this out, Besta Pizza changed their logo, and there it is now. They removed the triangle. Also, Comet Ping Pong, owned by Alphantis, is the place where a number of performance artists perform regularly. Two of the groups that perform there, who you can see advertised, by the way, on this Comet Ping Pong poster, include a group called Heavy Breathing and another group called Sex Stains. Well, if you check out the YouTube videos by these bands, Heavy Breathing has songs that do joke about pedophilia. And the band Sex Stains has a video that includes, and you see it right there, that same boy lover symbol. It's nearly identical to the one that the FBI does say is a pedophile code symbol for boy love. As I said, there are some strange things there. As for the owner of the pizza place, James Alphantis, well, he was one time in a relationship with David Brock, who ran Media Matters for America. Well, since Pizzagate began to blow up online, he has made his Instagram profile, Jimmy Comet, private. But an archive search of Instagram reveals a number of strange photographs and words with strange and disturbing images associated with them. Look, to the point where we can't show you those pictures. We're not even going to describe them to you because some viewers would find it too disturbing to I'll describe them. Um, so the pictures that were on his Instagram were like little girls with their hands duct taped together, like a boy that had his hands like flat on a table and they duct taped over his hands and then duct taped his mouth like a an empty like a, a room that you would see in the movie Saul, like a uh, with like drains on the floor that you could like hose down the whole room, like rooms like that with just one kid like sitting by themselves, like looking frightened like at the camera that kind of shit but they're not showing any of that in here but anyway go ahead to share on tv now let's talk about the podesta brothers because remember it was john podesta's email that was hacked in those leaked podesta emails john podesta talks about his close relationship with dennis hasteret the former speaker of the house who was recently sentenced to 15 months in prison for abusing boys years ago he was referred to by the judge as a serial child molester. According to the Washington Post, visitors to Tony Podesta's home in Falls Church got an eyeful when they walked into a bedroom at the Podesta residence hung with multiple color pictures by Katie Grannon, a photographer known for documentary-style pictures of naked teenagers in their parents' suburban homes. And to be clear, that just begins to scratch the surface of how strange some of this stuff is. And bear in mind, we can't get into a lot of the real details of it because of the limits on broadcasting this on television. But it is some very strange stuff.
Now keep in mind, again, there is no proof here that there is a child sex ring being operated out of a DC pizza parlor. Investigators have already proven there's nothing to the story, right? Well, actually, no. And that's what you need to know. For all that is here, there has not been one single public investigation of any of this, not from local police, not from the FBI, no one. And that has to be the big question, not for Podesta or for pizza parlor owners, but for law enforcement. Based on what may be or may not be here, the big question is, why hasn't any investigation taken place? That's reality check. Let's yeah, dude, I almost wish we would have saved it because I didn't realize how good it was going to be and I didn't know how much he was going to go into. Um, but it's a good jumping off point for us for, for next week. Um, yeah, well, maybe we'll have to play it again next week for everybody that, that didn't watch this week. But yeah, but yeah, that was one of the first, and I'm pretty sure the dude got fired shortly thereafter for, you know, of course, unrelated things having nothing to do with that story at all but um yeah there's a lot to it and a lot of it's weird kind of stuff but it's like you know emails that say stuff like hey are you coming to the party tomorrow and it's like yeah and i'm gonna bring uh two walnuts and a cheese pizza with me and they're just like mm, that sounds yummy and that kind of stuff and it's like you know maybe the guy brought a pizza and had a wallet and a walnut in each pocket but that just sounds like shady code talk to me and they were like remember the thing in in chicago where obama spent forty five thousand dollars on hot dogs and and pizza or something like that and it's like somebody did the math like how many fucking hot dogs is that how many people would have to be there like it's it's Stuff like that was what was in the the leaked emails. $65,000 worth, actually. Yeah, okay, there we go. So but yeah, just weird shit like that. And then you look at, at the art and stuff. There's a few videos of... There's one that I've listened to once, and I just can't listen to it again. But it's allegedly uh, either a dude who sounds exactly like uh, Tony Podesta or... It's Tony Podesta or John Podesta, one of the two. Uh, and you hear like a kid screaming and the dude's just like, I'm your daddy. Like you call me daddy from now on. And the kid's just like, ah, and he's just like demonically screaming at this kid. And people are just like, this has got to be hell. Like I can't imagine being in this kid's place. And I don't know if that's even real or not, but, but they are, people have actually been in his apartment and seen art hanging on his walls or they've been at like uh auctions and stuff when he bought different things and if you look up like podesta art a lot of it's pretty fucked up dude like pictures of or they're it's art so it's drawings of like kids like with their arms up like this just hanging from a wall and uh yeah, shit that you wouldn't just buy or paint or be interested in if that kind of stuff wasn't, uh, you know, on your menu. Have you seen Fall of Cabal? I'm pretty sure I have. I It's like hours and hours long, so I don't remember details about it but it's three hours long and if you get a chance before next week you should you should try to watch it it goes pretty fast because it's so damn interesting but she talks about all that stuff and she talks about um james alephantis being like a full-on rothschild if you look look into his 
pass deep enough. Um, she talks about Chester Bennington, uh, the guy who came out. Supposedly, he's John Podesta's son. He looks exactly like him. Chester Bennington, I think he was Lincoln, Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah, he was He was talking about uh, pedophilia or something, like he's going to do some documentary on it. or I don't remember the details of it because I need to watch it again too, but he ended up dead. They said he committed suicide. Same, same with some other big name band member um, right around yeah. the same time. There's been a lot. There's been so many. Epi- um, there's been so many of those uh, things happen. And it, it's overwhelming because there's so much stuff. And the, and the Clintons do. The Clintons have been involved with so many people that um, turned out to be pedophiles and were convicted of it and everything else. And that stuff just been washed, brushed under the rug. And it's pretty damn, um, you know, there's a lot to talk about. So we'll, we'll, we'll dedicate the entire episode to it. And uh, yeah, I'm, it, it sounds weird to say I'm looking forward to it. I know, you know, but, but it's, I mean, you got to talk about it because uh, eventually all of this stuff is going to come out like, and we, that's, I hate to keep going because we're over time, but I guess it doesn't matter if you're watching this late into the episode, you're not going to be mad that we go another five minutes, but, um, man, I just forgot what I was going to say. So fuck it. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say too, but it was, it was going to be great. And I'll remember it for next week. Uh, I, damn it. I know, dude, I hate, like, I wish, I wish I had a Neuralink thing. So I could be like, what was I thinking about 10 seconds ago? Yeah. Um, Oh, what I was going to say was like, like what you were describing about the, the shower thing or wherever that, you know, where he was that, that kid. Um, yeah, maybe it is bullshit, but that's one of those things where, if you're going to believe every woman who says, you know, because you have to err on the side of, well, what if it's true? Well, when it comes to children, especially, you you have to at least look into it. And so many of these things haven't even been looked into. And anybody who tries to bring it to light oftentimes has wound up dead. They say that uh, the guy, Anthony Bourdain, is that the guy's name that committed suicide, supposedly? Mm-hmm. He was talking shit about the Clintons and was about to bring, talk about, have some documentary or something. And all of a sudden he hung himself out of nowhere. And, and uh, there's been countless people just like that. Yeah. Um, Anne Heche, remember that? Yeah. And that, that, uh, that boy lover symbol or whatever, I, I forget which symbol it was, but it looked like a bunch of circles. I was reading one of my boys' books one day. I was reading to him, and this was right after I got introduced to all this stuff. And they had that symbol on a kid's T-shirt. And I was like, I, I, I think I ended up throwing that book away because, I, you know, I'm like, why is that on his, of all the designs they could have put on that kid's T-shirt, why is that one of the designs that they happened to just put on this little kid's T-shirt? It was just very weird to me. And it was right after I learned about this stuff, so I was paranoid too. So there's that aspect of it. But there's also like, are they, do they, do they do this stuff? You know, that's one of the things they talk about is symbolism will be their downfall. But is that one of the things they do to slowly, to just make kids think in their little subconscious minds that, oh, this is okay. This person is okay or whatever, because I've seen this symbol before. You know, there's so many, no, so I think if, trickery. If, if that symbol re- was really in there and meant what they meant it to mean, it's not a message to children reading it. It's a message to other 
perpetrators to other people who are into kid shit like that. And then they're just like, all right, this guy that made this book is on the same page as me. So I, now there's another one of us out there. Like that's, that's where, that's why the FBI put out the thing that they did that were like, these are the codes that they use because you can't just go to a bus stop and be like pedophile, anybody pedophile. But if you have a weird triangle drawn on your hand and you just happen to be standing at a bus stop and the dude who knows what it means and is into that is there, then he's going to be like, I like your hand, dude. And the guy will be like, do you? All right. Well, let's talk then. Yeah. That's how they find each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sick world we live in, dude. And there's a lot more of those fuckers out there than people realize, I think. You yeah. Know? But then another part of it is that they, you know, if you give a kid a, a crayon and a blank piece of paper, he's going to eventually draw something that looks like that swirly thing or a triangle that goes on to infinity or whatever. Like they use these things that could be easily that could easily not mean anything just so they can be like, what are you talking about? It's a triangle. Triangles don't mean anything. We're just talking about pizza and walnut sauce and shit. What? We didn't say anything about anything bad, you know? Yeah. That's their easy way to excuse it, to just be like, you guys are crazy. Right. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. I've got to get, I've got to uh, finish packing. I'm I'm going to uh, stir crazy comedy club tomorrow and Saturday Four shows. Um, Nice. Great, great club in Glendale, Arizona. Johnny Jello is going to be there too, I believe. I think he's going to come watch a show, but oh, I don't know if he's going to, he's not going to be on the show. Uh, I didn't know. I, we message every, each other every once in a while. And, and he said months ago that he would talk to the owner guy and tell him about me and try to get me in there. And, and, uh, and either way, I talked to him again in the last week or so. And, and I was like, don't forget to tell that guy about me. And he was like, I'm going to be there hanging out with Tim Gaither next weekend. So uh, we'll both team up on him and tell him that he should hire you also. Well, the owner's not going to be there this weekend, but I will definitely talk to him on your behalf. But uh, yeah, I, I just booked JP's and the uh, surrounding casinos for uh, March. So I would love to get in Sir Crazy in March the week before, the week after. I feel like this is something we could talk about yeah. off of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about this when we uh, hang up here. Shout out to Johnny Jello and yeah. JP. Yeah, they're both good dudes. And uh, yeah, God bless all of you. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.